This episode is brought to you by Indie Insights. Indie Insights is our bi-weekly newsletter and love note to the film industry, movies, and the creatives that make them, not to mention you, our esteemed listeners. Inside, you'll find curated industry trends, articles, exclusive commentary, and underappreciated films from filmmakers like yourselves worldwide. And the best part is that it's completely free. So sign up today at www.bonsai.film forward slash subscribe. It takes just a few seconds. And once you sign up, you'll get our next newsletter on Friday morning. It's that simple. Go to www.bonsai.film forward slash subscribe to get Indie Insights, our bi-weekly newsletter, and join a network of film creatives just like yourself. That's www.bonsai.film forward slash subscribe to get Indie Insights for free. listening to Make It, a podcast by Bonsai Creative that helps creatives in film get where they're going faster by sharing the advice, knowledge, and insights of professional creatives across the film industry. I'm your host, Chris Barkley, and with me today is my good friend and Make It podcast co-host, Nicholas Bugs. Hello, hello, Chris here with another episode of the Make It Podcast, and this is an Indie Talk Week, and that means I have my good friend and co-founder with me, Nicholas Bugs. Nick, say hello. Hello, hello. We're doing it again. What's up, man? Ah, uh, nothing much, man. What's up with you? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's just the the name of the game. It's like I'm I'm happy to be here because I like doing this with you because this is like. After all the hats that we wear, you know, you got yeah. the, the dad hat, the husband hat, the the working hat, the this the landscape hat. hat, the Kendall Roy hat. Mm-hmm. It's like all the hats that you wear. Sometimes it's nice to put this hat on, which is just us doing this thing, talking about the indie film community, waxing poetic, having a good time as friends. Like, I love it, man. I look forward to it. Here, here. You're here. Agreed. And uh, likewise, and we will talk about uh, HBO today. Speaking of Kendall Roy, there you or what go. was formerly called HBO. So we're going to cover a couple of things around streaming. One, this Wall Street Journal report that says that 49% of streaming subscriptions have gone down since this time, 2022 talk about that, the impact it'll have on filmmakers and just society in general and why it's happening. We're going to talk about this HBO brand change, right? Going from HBO max to just max. And one has to wonder why not just go HBO? Oh, we did right. that in the eighties. Well, that's old. That's, that's old hat. Okay. That's another hat. That's old hat. Yep. There you go. Uh, old hat. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, some, some advice we got from a conversation we had with an incredible filmmaker and talent manager uh, earlier this week and some ideas around financing, uh, what 
a filmmaker should be looking for um, in terms of, uh, or what a financer should be looking for, I should say, in terms of their filmmakers, in terms of their artifacts, like what they're creating, what's most important, and then what a filmmaker should be doing and how they should behaving, uh, be behaving if they want to have investments in the future. And then, of course, we will have a culture check. No culture uh, check. This one's a little <laughs> sensitive, a little sensitive culture check. Yeah, uh, it is. I think because it does hit home. If you if you're a part of indie uh, any indie film community, this will probably feel like a story you know well, and um, you guys will just have to hang on and and wait to hear what we're talking about there. But it, yeah, because you might get called out. You know, you could just, get it is what it is. You could get called out, but that's okay. That's why we do the culture check. Right. Yeah. Checking yeah. in on not, culture, but it's also checking people. Right. I mean, that's, that's what we do. Yeah. It's not personal. Like it, it, you know, the, the thing is, is we would say it not to have an, you know, like a bombastic moment on the podcast where, where we're stirring things up, but really just to say, you know, what can we all learn from this and how do we get through it? You know, together, you know, one thing I told an indie creative this week was they were thanking me for something. And I was like, all I want to do is see all of us win. Like you don't have to thank me. I'm literally here just trying to see, is it possible for everyone to win? Cause I have this true belief that there's abundance. There's like overflowing abundance. There is enough for everybody. But because we weren't raised with an abundance, uh, abundant heart and an abundant mindset, we think we have to kill someone else to get where we're going. We think we have to knock the other hyena off the carcass to get our feed, you know, sort of thing. And it's just, yeah, you know, we're human beings. We're special. We don't have to do that stuff. We we found a new way. Like human beings, in the words of Joseph Campbell, are the storytelling animal. And because we can tell stories, because we can imagine things that don't exist and then will them into existence, that makes us a lot different. And I really think that given the right condition, all these creatives can get where they want to go together. Yeah. And the world's already it's an insatiable place. You know, it's, it's yeah, a place that never tires of new content. Right. But I was going to say, those are basic principles I think that we've had, you know, for a long time. I think it's not just as a company, not as podcast hosts, but as people, right? It's like, how can we create not a win-win? Because you and I both know that there's never only two people in the equation, right? It's a win-win-win-win, yeah. right? The idea is that everybody in the conversation comes out on top, right? Like you said, we don't need to cannibalize each other to get to where we want to go. So yeah, I think that's great. All right, let's let's get into some some streaming talk, talk some streaming. man. Subscription talk. I think it's, well, it's beyond streaming, but we, we talk about film here, so it's that's the focus that we have. But let's let's talk about it. So I'll start by saying I am an abuser of streaming services. <laughs> okay, I'm an abuser. Let's, let's talk about that. Con contextualize and, that for us. And I'm an abuser of all content services and I need to cut it out. And I think, I think we are going to dig into it and really look at it just like this wall street journal report has suggested other people are doing because unlike most people that have a lot of streaming services, we haven't cut off our cable. 
So I've got Xfinity, mm, got it. cable, internet, and phone, and security. So I've got a pretty significant Comcast bill or Xfinity bill every month. And then we have all these subscriptions that tend to pile up. And here's how it happens. You sign up with a trial or for me, people that I have six people on my account, like my phone account. And they have the ability to subscribe to things for seven days and they forget. Yep. And then they watch a show and they're like, well, let me just watch it till this show is over. And, and sometimes it can slip through the cracks. And so I have all the, I've used Apple TV, Roku's fine too. So I'm not picking sides here, but I just happen to use Apple TV. It works great with my phone. But I mean, just off the top of my head, Hulu, Disney plus HBO showtime. Um, let's see here. Uh, Paramount plus I canceled, but then it came for free with my cell phone plan. So I added it back, but that reminds me Apple TV plus, which I'm not sure I've been charged for yet, but it's Mm -hmm. coming and I have it. Um, Peacock. Peacock. Peacock is there. Um, I just recently transitioned have, to the to the paid one. I was on the free one, and okay. now I'm on the paid one. There yeah, we have uh, YouTube TV. No, I don't do that. Yeah, we do that one. YouTube TV, yeah. and then what about um, oh HBO Max? Yeah, I have HBO Max. Yeah, you got that one. Disney Plus, um, Fubo TV, Netflix. How are we leaving out Netflix? I have Netflix. Yeah, we got to do Netflix last. That's good. I like I like the fact that you didn't put that one first. I that like, one might be like top of mind for everybody. Because it's, you know, it's so... You, it's you know like, why? Because I don't watch it as much as I used to. There you go. There you go. And I'm with you That's on that, That's the honest too. truth. Now, and it's no yeah, problem I'm, with I'm, Netflix. I'm, in, I'm the same. I marvel at their algorithms. They're brilliant. Mm-hmm. They have a new show called Beef. Yeah, I saw that. And, and when it was on Sally's profile, the cover art was two women... And when I switched to my profile, it was two men. Yeah. I was like, these guys are, these guys are so good. They're so good. They're so tasty. (laughs) You know, like they, they're so delicious in how they do things. So it's, you know. So, okay. So Netflix has gone. And and I know I'm the bottom. Oh, movie. I have movie. Movie. Yeah, there you go. But so it it hasn't gone to the bottom, but Netflix is somewhere in there. So let's talk about the services that you have. So you're an abuser. Okay. Now does an abuser mean yeah. that you just have all of them and you only use the top three or you're an abuser and you're like, nah, man, I'm, I'm using every last service, you know, that's, that comes available. And if it comes out, I'm getting it. Like, like, where are you? Cause I, I know that I'm not using all of the services that I have for me, yeah. but you did mention these other people, right? I have these other people in my house as well. And that's where the services come from. I could do without Peacock. I seriously could. I don't, I don't need that. My daughter wants that. You know what I'm saying? Like she, she asked me for that. So I was like, okay, we got Peacock. I could do without, I don't know if I could do without Disney Plus. I do watch that with my son, but that's really for him. Right. Netflix right now, the only person who watches Netflix is my other daughter. Right. So it's like each of them has their preference on a streaming service. So I got to get all of them. You know, so that's that's where I get stuck in those things. It's just everybody watches something different. I have a different perspective. I have a little bit of that as well. You know, my my kids are for the most part grown. 
Um, so I have less of that. They just kind of borrow usernames and passwords yeah, right. to my sh- <laughs> to my chagrin. And yeah. you know, before anybody judges me, I am not condoning this. You have to realize when you have a house full of women, you don't you're not in control. <laughs> like you can say no. And then you're going to find out that somebody went to your account and gave you the password anyway, gave them, yeah, uh, gave them what they, they're going to get what they want, no matter what women, women get what they want, no matter what. And, and you have to be like uh, covered in iron wool as a man. If you, if you stop them and then they don't want to be around you. So you got to figure out which hill you want to die on. I'm not dying on the damn streaming hill. So streaming hill, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but, but here, but here's the deal. I actually come at a perspective like I feel like it's my job. Like I I need to be able to understand what's happening in content media. And I need to have my finger, you know, sort of on the pulse of of what's good to keep my taste polished. But what's frustrating is before streaming, that could be accomplished in one cable subscription. And we've talked about this before. Innovation is just unbundling. And then once everything's unbundled, then innovation is rebundling it. And I think we're in the process of rebundling right now, especially as subscription subscriptions drop. If these keep dropping, you're going to see the bottom 20% get acquired, just period, M&A acquisitions and be part of something else. When you have Hulu, Disney, and ESPN, you really have one service. That money goes into one hole. Right. And so I have all three of those services, but the problem is, is all your shows are spread out. Right. So um, if you want to watch succession, which we talked about earlier, episode three chef's kiss, by the way, uh, highly recommend that's on HBO max. Now I do watch more than that on HBO max, but that's a show that everybody watches that they might get a subscription just to watch that show. Right. Right. Yep. Then on Showtime, you might have Hard Knocks, or you might have The Shy, which used to be on. Uh, I think they they've done their series finale or whatever. Now I dropped Showtime uh, recently because there wasn't anything on there I was watching, but I could get it back. But when Ray Donovan was on, it right. was the only I I literally paid eleven dollars a month to watch Ray Donovan. That's how good I thought it was. Well, okay? that's the thing is that you know think about it though eleven dollars a month to watch something that you truly enjoy mm. is nothing, right? You're going to spend more than that just going to the theater by yourself one time, right? I mean, it's just, yeah. <laughs> that's well, worth it. So well, it makes sense. Not not me, but. Right, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> one, one would pay that. Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. But, but here's the deal. Is that not true though? Like I, like I, I would love this audience to really think about this idea like, like think to yourself, all the shows you watch, they tend to be all over the place. Yellowstone yeah. is on Paramount Plus. I like to watch Dan Patrick sometimes in the morning while I'm making breakfast, sports show that's on Peacock. I know a lot of people have Peacock just to watch reruns of The Office. Right. Yep. And Friends. Seinfeld's on Hulu. Handmaid's Tale, Hulu, Dave, Hulu. <laughs> um, the Mandalorian, Disney Plus. You, you have these shows in what used to be a streamlined one price thing has now turned out to be something you paid more for than you ever expected. So for me, what started 
in 2007 as a Netflix account that I paid $7.99 for. That's how early I was on Netflix. This was like mail to your, they didn't even have a streaming service. They just mailed you. Yeah, it was like Redbox. Yeah. Yep. Redbox has a streaming service, by the way. Uh, and so it started, my streaming journey started at $7.99 a month. And I think that if you add up all the content that I get, including Xfinity, and I, I don't know how I can be fair about this because I do need to like chop off the internet and like like deduct the phone and security. Yeah, yeah. But let's just add those things. Let's just keep those things in to make the math simple. I think I'll probably pay five hundred dollars a month for entertainment. Yeah, for all the five hundred. And and that's okay. So we were talking about subscriptions and streaming yeah. is just a part of the subscriptions. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if you think about five hundred dollars a month just for streaming. And we've got people paying for all sorts of subscriptions. I mean, it's just, and many of them they've forgotten about, yep. you know, that's the whole thing. You know, I used to actually be the general manager of a gym, right? Fitness center, right? That's one of the we things see like that. you get a person, we see the, we see the yeah, you, a, hey, you know, we do, we see the, we see the know, traps, we can do it, <laughs> but like, the traps. that's the thing you get people to sign up, right? It's like, when they're signed up, whether they come or not, that's not, you know, you don't really care anymore, yeah. right? Because Once they're signed up. They're yeah. just going to keep paying. They're just going to keep paying. It's just there. Mm. And there is this idea with streaming and all and many subscriptions is that there is a FOMO element, right? Mm. Or there's the idea that even if it's not a fear of missing out, it could also be that bandwagon effect where it's like, well, I don't want to get rid of HBO Max because one, there might be something on it that I need to watch. But two, when I'm in conversations with people and they're like, yeah, I got HBO Max. Well, you want to be like, yeah, I got HBO Max, too. Right. So you keep these subscriptions. And I think now it's become such a challenge and such an issue with people that there's services out there. What is it like Truebill and Trim and Mint that are designed just to monitor your subscriptions and to say, hey, reminder, you're paying for all of this stuff. Right. And it gives you quick and easy ways to just cancel those subscriptions. So I think people are now, like you said, I mean, the Wall Street Journal article is saying that people are canceling a lot. And I think that part of that is because these apps are helping people to control and manage all of those subscriptions. So we'll see. I think they're going to it's going to keep going down, you know, as in participation. Great springtime cocktail. There you go. (laughs) Mint trim. Would you you like a mint trim? Would you like a mint trim? trim mint? I'll make one for you right now. Would you like that on the rock? Well, you should, you should come up with that. You should do that. That'd I'll be- make one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I wouldn't. I'm a, I'm a mixologist. I've gotten into like mixology that? over the last decade. Mixology. I, can, I can, I can put that together. Yeah. And then I'll share the recipe in our newsletter. How about that? There, boom. The trim. bills, true bills, mint trim, trim mint. <laughs> mint trim. There you mint go. Trim. It doesn't work the other way around. Mint trim. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, all right. Now we were well, talking about well, streaming. Well, on, well, let, well let me let me let me say this too, because I want to be fair to the the subject a little bit here before we jump on it and jump off of it. I did I also left out FX, which has Fleischman's got a problem, which is an amazing show. Everybody should watch it. Anyway, the other thing that we just have to acknowledge is that streaming came up between 2010 and 2020. What was happening between 2010 and 2020? We had runaway stocks. We had zero interest rate. So we were living in a time of great 
wealth and people could afford these things and they didn't think about it. There was money to be had. You had people that became millionaires off GameStop. You had, you had people who became millionaires from Tesla stock and from um, Square, which is now Block. You had people that were Bitcoin millionaires. You had people that were Bitcoin billionaires. Like a great example of this is this guy named Chamath Palihapitiya, who runs Social Capital. And he's also one of the co-hosts on this on a podcast, great podcast called All In. And he was mentioning to the other three because he was in an argument. And one of the, the hosts, Jason Calacanis, uh, shout out to Jason Calacanis, was saying that, hey, you need this back up here. You're the only person in this group that hasn't built anything. We're all founders. We've all built something. And until you build something, you know, then you can talk to me. And then he says, but I'm the richest. Isn't that tilted? <laughs> and, and it just goes to show that like he's the richest because it was better business to invest in things between 2010 and 2020 than it was to build things, which is ass backwards, by the way. And so people had all these streaming services and now interest rates are ticking up, tick, 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 tick. And everything's a little harder. Everything costs a little bit more. Not to mention you ha- literally on the treadmill uh, this morning, I saw Good Morning America telling you the three tips on how to prepare for a coming recession. And that's a show that goes out to half the country every morning. Right. And they see that they get scared. Okay. Where do we need to cut back? Where's the fat at? Oh, are you really, really, really watching FX? Are you really watching uh, old reruns of Homeland? You're going to have to find another way. We need right. to cut that. Yep. Let's cut what we can, you know? Um, yeah, well, I so think, I just want to mention, also, I just want to be fair yeah, to yeah. the economy too. Yeah. And I'll just say that that's all true. Inflation went up, you know, people need to find, I mean, groceries are more expensive, right? You got to figure it out. You're going to eat, you're going to watch Netflix. Um, but I think there's also, you know, we, there was the myth. In fear setting. Yeah. But there was the myth that, you know, you could cut the cord and save. Right. And I think it was in the beginning, we felt that that was true. But yeah. then they started popping up all these. Yeah. Then you started popping up all these services because it felt like it was just it was just Netflix at first. Right. And then it was just like pop, 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 pop. All these things started coming up. And now you had to buy the new thing and then buy the new thing and buy the new thing. And by the time you you bought your 10th one, you're back exactly where you were before, you know, with a 200, 300, 400, as you said, almost $500 bill for all these things that people didn't expect. So I think that now that they see all that stuff add up, they're like, yeah, what am I doing? Right. I can't I can't be paying these ten dollars for these eggs and spending all this money on all these streaming services. It just doesn't make any sense. I think this is the most we've mentioned eggs in any one episode. <laughs> Coming off the back of Easter. I, it could be it could be something to it. Coincidence. Something I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. But anyway, streaming services. The next yeah. thing we wanted to talk about was HBO Max. Right. Yeah. Speaking Which, of, yeah. Second yeah. Man. By May, I think they're talk, They're all, already calling it Max, but by May twenty third, it's going to officially switch over to Max. And you know, maybe for me, Chris, I haven't done my due diligence on it yet, or maybe the word isn't out yet. But I don't get it. You know, the only thing that I could even think of is that they're going to be since they're merging some of that Discovery Plus content into this platform. 
then maybe the intention is to have the the title or the umbrella called Max, and then you get HBO content within Max, and then you get Discovery Plus within Max, and then whatever else. I mean, even the the movies, like it's you know it's Warner Brothers Discovery, so there might be a section just of Warner Brothers movies, right? So it's like uh, Disney Plus. You go there, you get Nat Geo, you get Star Wars, you get Marvel. It's kind of all underneath that umbrella. But the part that really gets me about this is that they changed it to Max when that name, that brand of HBO is so powerful. And to potentially put it under the umbrella of something called Max, I don't know, man. It's just, it seems like the wrong thing to do. But again, I don't know the details. I'm not in, in the the house that Warner brothers built. Right. So I don't know why they're making such a decision and maybe it's the right decision. It's just, it's going to take me a little while to get used to being like, Hey, I w- I'm watching max. One you of know, the keywords you my said there. Dog. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, by the way, if you, if you have a dog, I know you don't, but for those out there that have a dog, and they'll know this. And then your dog is a pure breed, right? It's an Aryan. <laughs> Not right. You, what you find out is that, is that the names are super long and complex because you have to follow the dog down the family line. And so I have a dog named Clove, but her real full name is Clove Gypsy Basil Rain. And those dogs, those, I know it's funny, Nick. I'm, I'm trying the, to figure this out. I'm the names, at you. I'm like, the what? names, I know the names are referring to the, the sire and the mother. And then the, I think the third name is referring to the, maybe the, the mother or sire of those two that sired. I can't remember, but it's, but the names is kind of like, no. and I think a lot of names are like that in the uh, around the world. We just don't do it. Mm. But you mean like mother, daughter? Yeah. So you just Thor's, end up with a progressively daughter. longer names as a dog. You know what I mean? Like it's weird. Anyway. No, 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 I don't know what you mean. I've never I'll heard show you call their dog by multiple names is never not a thing. It's no. not, it's not worth it. it. It takes too much time, but all these dogs have three or four names, maybe five. No, Who, whose dogs? I'm sorry. I'm not even ask the question. Any I'm not, pure, I'm not any, going down. You're not going to suck me in. Your breed dog. Not, not sucking me in, bro. We're not going down that tangent. I'm not doing it. So yeah, anyway, I, I pulled you into a day. HBO no, but Max, I, but I will, bro. I will say this. I will, I will. So I will say this about HBO. <laughs> I'll say this about HBO. <laughs> so I'm old enough to remember when, because, because the key word you said in the beginning was, now they want us to call it Max. Now they want us. We're, we don't have to call it Max. We, they will find out when they do their split testing and when they do their market surveys, are people using this word? Because I am old enough to remember when we, re, we stopped being called black and we black people, and we were supposed to be called African-American. And it's, been going on so long now that I'm sure even black people think that black people said we need to be called African-American. It was not. 
It was a politician, essentially, that want, that wants us to be called African-American. It's more appropriate. It's more appropriate. But I don't have to call producer Elise a European-American. Anyway, it's just an interesting thought. So, so, so what happened is, is that it, it landed on. It to, landed. I'm saying it landed for black people so that we okay. still use it. But had it not landed, it would have went away. I think we're still on the fence right now with Latinx. So or Latinx or whatever, whatever. <laughs> the, the, they are they are doing surveys all the time to find out, is this name landing in the Hispanic community? And they're finding that it's not. But they're not just going to give up because they spent tons and tons of money to market this thing and to get people to say it on TV. That's how it happens. People get paid. Well, first, so waiting. So now we'll see. So now they've changed to Max and they want to see, are we going to call it Max? And then if so, do they have a secondary product coming? But but here's what I will say, all, all joking aside, is that the the CEO of Discovery, David Zaslav, is considered a brilliant guy for all intents and purposes. He has built a company from the ground up that is very successful. And unlike a lot of the content companies that have been around for decades, which always are looking for that always run up profits and then have a couple of a handful of bad investments and quickly get into debt and need to be purchased. And it happens all the time. And I would recommend anyone to read the, who is, um, uh, uh, David, uh, or who is Ovitz? Is that the name of the book? Uh, Michael Ovitz. Yeah. Who is Michael Ovitz? Yep. I said David. I had David on my mind. I would, I would tell everybody in film to read who is Michael Ovitz. And you'll just see how much MA, merger and acquisition activity goes on and how it actually happens and starts. So, yeah. I mean, if, if he's doing it, there is a piece of, like, there is a degree of faith that we should have that he has a grand plan that's long-term and not short-term thinking based because he just hasn't ever done that in his career. Yeah. I mean, like I I said, it's been a lot of change. That's for sure. Right. I'm just, I'm not in the house that they built. Right. So again, I'm sure they've got a grand design. I'm sure of it, but it's just crazy. So not only that they took the HBO part off of it, but what other streaming service, and you can let me know if there is one, because I could just be, you know, ignorant to it. What other streaming service has like a person or a dog's name as the name of the service? Like it's Max. Like I'm watching Max. I'm watching a person. Like it sounds like I'm watching, <laughs> you know, a living being, you know, I watched this on Max last night. You know, it's just a, it's just weird, but I'll get used to it. And I'm sure HBO will be a subset of Max. So you'll still be able to say, I watched this on HBO, right? Discovery Plus. They're going to find out, are we going to say that? And I'm still going to say Discovery Plus, because that's what you watch, right? I think that's, that might be what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, to me, if you ask me, what did you watch Succession on? What did you watch John Oliver on? I'll say, oh, HBO. Or I might say HBO Max. And it might take me a while to adjust to Max, but trust me. They're going to have their emails out, their surveys out. They're going to be coming to see, hey, how do we like that change? Is this working? You know, or it could be like it could end up being like a website, like a desktop website where it's like Max powered by HBO. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> just so like dumb discovery. Stuff. Just yeah, right, yeah. Playing with us, just playing with yeah. us to play with us. It's I don't yeah, know. But we'll, they, we'll they did keep the little the little thing that's inside of the the O right on HBO. They kept that in the center of the A on Max. What's 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 in that? The circle. In- the, the filled in circle. That's on the logo for HBO. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. That's that's now still in the center of Max. So like you still know that that's HBO, or at least it so, houses HBO. So yeah. So they're keeping some brand integrity by keeping the font, yep. basically. Exactly. And that yeah. little yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and I mean, as as guys that do branding and marketing, I think there are some norms you expect. I mean, depending on your product, that kind of dictates a little bit when you change your logo and how you change it and when you change your branding and marketing approach and how you change it. And then also your revenues, you know, there's been a wide variety of Coke cans to come out since the sort of introduction of Coke as a product. And there's a few websites out there that I think that like show every single iteration of Coke can up to present and bottles. But what's remained is the is the is the script font of Coca Cola, and that'll never change because it's it's classic and they and they have incredible revenues, and the only time they'll change it is if their revenues drop. What you'll notice a lot of times with apps on your phone, you'll look at your phone one day and the app will change. You'll be like, "Where's that app? Oh, they changed their branding." <laughs> apps right. have to do that all the time, and especially on iPhones because they're giving up thirty percent of their profit to Apple. Uh, on a regular basis. So it eats into their margin. You have to have an incredibly viral app to survive in the app store. And so you'll need to ch- do something to sort of engender new and, and, and motivate new users, um, and new subscribers, whatever it may be that you're selling. And so you'll see a brand change with apps happen once every year or two. But if you typically have a legacy brand or you're trying to build a legacy brand, you don't make changes to your core branding ever. It's your brand. You live with it. It's it's how people recognize you. Her, Hermes is never changing that font. They're never changing the 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 the, uh, the graphic they have around those words, and for good reason, and rightfully so. You have to know that when that a brand is about consistently showing someone the same thing over and over over an extended period of time until they just, they learned it's like a, it's like a song you hate and then the radio keeps playing it and now it's in your brain. Right. And then or 20 years meaning. you hear it and you catch nostalgia, even though you, at yeah. the time you didn't like the song. The and symbol so, has meaning. That's the main thing. The symbol yeah. has meaning. Yeah. And, and so to your point, Nick, this is a big move in the sense that they're disrupting a little bit of what we've always known and what we've associated and affiliated with high quality, but also to your point, they didn't change the font. So our brain's still going to trigger and say, Oh, that's HBO. Right. Yep. And it's going to be probably, like I said, it's going to be underneath the max umbrella. So it'll end up being fine. It's just very interesting. I'll just say that. So anyway, it is. We also had we, we, uh, we interesting, them. interesting conversation, uh, with, uh, Vanzel Burke, who runs Burke management, talent management in, in Los Angeles. And, you know, he's worked with, um, Todd Bridges and Darius McCrary. I think Christopher Nolan, and he's got a bunch of like people in his roster that are, uh, luminaries. And, you know, he's the guy who did the movie Karen, if anybody wants to check it out, but we were talking to him 
And he said some really interesting things about, you know, how he chooses to invest in films. And so if you're a filmmaker out there listening to this, I think this is an important part to pay close attention to. And I basically asked him, I said, what do you look for? Like, you know, what is your, what is your top priority when you're making a, a investment decision? Is it cast? Is it the filmmakers or what me and you, Nick call filmmaker founders, or is it the story? And he said to me, it's story. And I've always said, and I think you've always backed me on this thing, that story is king. But I think what's interesting about that, well, there's a lot of things that are interesting about it, but I think what's interesting about it to me is that we also did the film investment series, which was this mashup of 52 different conversations I had with Jason McConnell, the writer, and and we put them all together and had one episode. And in that, and, and in that series, which I think is really valuable to listen to, I think you guys can find it in the, in our library and on our YouTube page. I think our YouTube page has a sort of like front and center where you can just easily it find is. it and play it. It's a film investment series. And, um, I, I'm a big believer in looking hard and long at the filmmaker founders. Like I want to know, what type of person am I giving, am I wiring this money to? Are they the type of filmmakers who just want to make a movie and find some frankly fool to get to pay them to make it? Are they the kind of filmmaker that won't take a fee until their investors are paid back? Are they the type of filmmaker who is delusional? Like we, like, we've worked with filmmakers who even though they didn't have the right structure financially and didn't have the branding and marketing structure from the beginning in place, they still had an expectation that they were going to have a multi-million dollar film like profit, profit in gross end. Right. Right. Off of a micro budget investment. And you can have all these different types and as an investor, I think you want to know like before you place your money down, because you need to be with a type of filmmaker who's really passionate about being successful financially, you know, and not everybody wants to do that. Some people just want to make a movie and, and satisfy their creative and the, and the money's, secondary because to your point like you said in the past nick like a lot of times a filmmaker is like well my fees baked into this budget so i'm good exactly yeah and i think vanzel's right i mean we've already agreed right story is king right Mm -hmm. that's where it starts but for me the one of the reasons why it starts there is because that's how you know if the filmmaker has a story to tell Mm -hmm. Right. And what I mean by that, I, I, I'm being very explicit when I say the filmmaker has a story to tell, not that the filmmaker wants to make a movie. Assuming right. they've written it. Right. And I think that's generally speaking, <laughs> you know, yeah, I think you have to make a team. writer director. Yeah. Exactly. They're coming with something that they've written, you know, together. Yeah. Um, but I really do believe that that's where it starts. It's like when you're really 
invested in the film, in the story, you're saying, wow, like these people are, they have something to say that I'm connecting with. That's the starting point. And then you get into what you just mentioned, which is, okay, now who are these people? And that gets back to some of our core principles around looking at who the filmmakers are, right? It's the, the whys, right? Why you, right? Why do you have to tell this story, right? Why you, why this story, why now, yep. and then why me? Why us, yeah, why <laughs> right? As an investor, right? Exactly, why us? Why would you pick us to be part of this story? And that why us, of course, is, is super important. You know, back to some conversations, again, that you and I have had around this is that as an investor, especially with us, it's like, we're going to be there with you, right? This is, we're, we're almost joining this little family here, right? We're going to be in for the long haul. At least that's our thinking. So if the why you is just because you want our money, then that doesn't work. Yeah. Right. Because that doesn't say you want us, right? You can get money anywhere, right? So why us? So, but again, I think it all starts with, I read that story. It connects with me. Now I want to know about these filmmakers, ask the why questions. If those why questions are connected, like I'm connecting with that, then we got something here, right? Then it's, then you get into the other things like cast and, you know, you basically, you see an opportunity to make something great, but go ahead. No, no, that was all perfect. And it's got me, you know, you have to be careful because I get passionate about this, this subject. (laughs) Of course. You gotta, you gotta be careful about, about what you say, because there are filmmakers out there who actually hate their investors on a Mm -hmm. fundamental level. They don't actually hate them as people. They, they reach out to them. Those people give them money and they're like, thank you so much. I'm so appreciative of you and for you. And like, I couldn't have done this without you, but from a, from a lifestyle and principle standpoint and like what they believe each, like what each side believes they stand for, they hate each other. They would never be in the same place. I've just met a lot of filmmakers who vehemently dislike people in business who tend to oh, be got it. You, you mean it's not, they don't, yeah, right. They don't hate the investors, but it's like, they hate what they they're about. Internal philosophy. struggle. Right. That yeah. yeah, I'm an artist. They're in business They're yeah. 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 And they've almost been taught that by Sesame street or something. I don't know what it is, but it's like, <laughs> it's not, but it's, but it's not Sesame street. Shout out to, you know, to screen. these are the people they, in our neighborhood, bro. Like yeah. in our neighborhood, this is yeah. Sesame street is, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know which, I don't know which one is, but, but I tell you what, it's, it seems like it starts, it starts young and you, or, or maybe when you're a teenager and you get riled up and you're like, I'm pumping my fist against the man. Well, who's the man? Right. The man is whoever has money, but it turns out, it turns out that's who you need to make your film. And so you have to try to overcome that. And I think part of that is, well, look, I'm going to quietly hate you, but I'm going to love you while I'm pitching my movie to you. And then, interesting. and then jokes on you, we, you know, we made our thing and you know, you'll be fine. Cause you have lots of money. So you're fine. Oh, well that's, and, that's and, a whole different story yeah. right there. Right. With the, mm-hmm. oh, oh, you'll be fine. And I think, I think that's where you and I are again, just huge proponents of speaking to potential investors, potential mm-hmm. executive producers and saying that you need to be part of it, like be part of the team so that that doesn't happen. 
Yeah. Right. Like you, the ivory tower thing, like we talked about, we're not ivory tower EPs because we want to be part of this. Like there's no way that you're just going to make your money as a director or producer or a writer or whatever, and then bounce at the end. Right. It's not going to take yeah. me for a ride. Like that's not cool. So I think that yeah. we always tell investors or potential investors is be wary of that type of behavior. Everyone has to be invest equally invested, whether it's time, energy, whatever, in making everyone successful. It comes back down to the why me, that mm-hmm. fourth why. Yep. Because a good why me, at least in my opinion for myself, is that maybe you've seen some of the work I've put out there. Maybe you right. know that I'm a musician. Maybe you know that I've been a storyteller my entire life. Maybe you've seen some of the creative I've put out in the world and you enjoy that. And you think, you know, the story you're telling will touch me in some way, or, you know, something about my life that, that fits and that you will invite me in to that creative process versus saying, instead of placing my entire value to you as a number I can put on a piece of paper as a check to you or as a wire to you, like that's a low feeling. Actually, I'll just say it. Like it's a very low feeling to find out like, okay, I have to say no to this. So grateful you came to me and, and thought of me, but you know, this story isn't there, for example. And then they don't, and then you might never hear from them again. And they're done with you. And then you find out, oh, my value to you is just the number I could put down on this check or like the money I could wire to you. Like you actually don't think I have a creative bone in my body. Like you think I'm in film because I want to see movie stars. Right. And it's, it's just so discouraging. And by the way, you mentioned cast. I think also what's interesting and funny is that f- for lay people who are just getting into film, I feel like they're always taught right away that cast is the most important thing. And that if you want to make a lot of money, you got to have a great cast. Like that's the main thing that a filmmaker seems to focus on. And what Vansel's saying is, look, no, it's story. And I will tell you that like 2% of stories are, are great. And the majority, the majority sits in the middle. Like there's very, yeah, there's like, there's poles. There's like, there's like 10% are so bad that we don't like, I don't know why you decided to do this. Like who's gassing you? You're like the William yeah, right. screenwriters <laughs> or they're, or they're just getting started in their career and they need to learn some things. But right? even for they're just, just getting started, yet. like, right. how are you like, did you know, You're this right. is yeah. really bad. Right. You're right. And then, <laughs> and then there's the really, really great. Like, and we talked about this last week. Like when you know something or the last thing you talk, when you know something is great, no one, you don't have to ask anybody. They find you. Like nobody walks past a, a gold brick on the ground. They <laughs> right. just don't. Like if you see a gold brick on the ground, you look around. <laughs> you, you, you're trying to figure out, like you're trying to figure out if I go down and grab this, is a landmine going to explode? <laughs> right. <laughs> because I just can't make sense of this gold, this gold bar that no one's found. But, or, but you know, it's valuable when you see it, but you know, it's valuable. You know it's and so right. when you have a project that's hot and it's fire, everybody's going to be rushing after you and, 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 and wanting to invest in it, wanting to be a part of it, wanting to do what they do best to help you get where you're going. Right. And I've never seen an example of a super talented person or project that wasn't like that. 
like it gets buzzed fast and you realize it has a lot of value quick. So if you're a filmmaker and you find yourself struggling to get financing, the, you know, that's not a coincidence. Go back to your premises, like go back to your basis and say, do I have a great story? Yeah. I yeah. might not have a great story because I'm not getting anyone's interest. If you, if you're a songwriter and your friends won't play your song, your mama won't play your song, <laughs> go back to your premises and say, do I, did I make a sonically good song? And it can go with any type of art, painting, everything. And I think that's just such a valuable, you know, lesson to learn and, and just goes to show why story is king. Even though cast is important and the filmmaker founders are important, I think when you have a great story, you'll end up with a great cast and you'll end up with a great filmmaker if, if you're the if if you're separate from the filmmaker, if you're a writer and not the filmmaker itself. So, yeah. So and I'll and I'll add yeah. I'll add one more thing uh to that equation, uh, which is and again, this is one of those uh kind of founding principles for us as well that comes along with that, uh, that principle of no mercenaries is that, you know, we, and I think many investors who are successful and producers who are successful are really into long-term games with long-term players. Yep. Right. So that's another part of the equation. Like you, you know, you, you mentioned songwriting, but even, you know, just in filmmaking itself, I want to know that there's something else right? There's another film like you, that this is what you want to be. This is what you want to do. And you've got more in the pipeline. Cause like you said, filmmaker founders, you don't just do the one thing and walk away, right? This is something yeah. you're going to do forever. That's the idea. I'm investing in you, not just in this one film. So if you know, you're working with someone who's going somewhere, who's got something else to do once this project is done, then it, you have a little bit more confidence in investing in them. Right. Because you're going to work together to make sure you get your return on investment, whatever that is, so that you can do it again together. Right. Yeah. Like that's the idea. We're in this together for the long run. So if you have a filmmaker that comes to you that seems like they're so invested in that one project, that's why it gets difficult when someone says, you know, to us at least, I've been working on this for the past 10 years. It's like, mm. you know, it, yeah, it's tough because it's like, well, is there nothing else? Yeah. What happens after this? Right. Is it going to take an, it, let's say this one thing is successful or let's say moderately successful. Is that it for you? I mean, you're burnt out after 10 years yeah. or is it going to take another 10 years to get your next project done? Right. Yeah. I'd rather work with someone who's like, I got this, this thing is hot. You know, I've been working on it for the, maybe the past two years, but I've also got these other two or three things that once this is done, I would love to pursue these other things, right? Long-term games with long-term players. So I just add that in there as well from the filmmaker founder perspective that, you know, investors should, and many successful ones do look for those folks who have a second, third, fourth project in the pipeline. Yeah. It's the old adage, old screenwriting adage. What do you do when you finish your screenplay? Write another one, write another one, write another one <laughs> and just, and just, and just keep, keep going. That's, that's the idea. Yep. Can you bless us with the, the, the sound for culture check since we don't have this, you know, as like a button I can press yet and just have oh, like, man, like yeah. I just want to yeah. press a button and have you have culture check come out of your mouth. <laughs> um, can I, no, I'm going to do it. Cause I love it. You, I yeah, love yeah, it. This, you, this, you give this me great, the, you know, if yeah, give me that's the, the thing, I don't want, sound. I don't, I don't want you to buttonize me, man, to the point that you don't need me in your life anymore. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't need that. I want you to say culture check so I can feed it into our AI 
and then I can have, then I can just type anything I want and it'll sound in your voice and completely replace you on this podcast. Replace me. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's that's what I'm saying. I'm like, I'm not trying to give that up, bro, because I enjoy being able to sit here across from you, either, you know, in person or virtually and say, culture check. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) That's what we're about to do. We're about to go into the culture check, which is a great opportunity for us. And I thought that you had a great, you know, a great one uh, for this week. I just to let folks know that I had actually thought about, you know, a different one, which I'm not going to go into, uh, but this whole JK Rowling thing, you know, an HBO or HBO max or max, whatever, picking up uh, that Harry Potter series and doing that. And it's getting a bunch of blowback because of that. Um, But I think there's, there's time for that conversation. That's definitely not over, but you know, Chris, you had mentioned some things that there's some behaviors. Oh, it is. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's never ending and we'll hear about it again. We'll have an opportunity to talk about it. But you had mentioned something to me that I thought was really interesting that really hits home with our community directly, right? So that's studio stuff. That's HBO. That's JK Rowling. That's multi-million dollar stuff. I want to talk to our audience about some things that we see, you know, some things that we're feeling, some sentiment that we're getting in the indie community. So I'll just, I'll pitch it back to you just to, you know, you can tell us what you're, what you were feeling or what you kind of sensed was going on. Yeah. It's a little bit of an unspoken rule, even if, well, and rule might be the wrong word, but it's an unspoken sort of nuanced understanding that we have when you're part of an indie film community, that if someone is making a movie in town and they ask you to be a part of it, you know, to ask you to act in it, ask you to produce, ask you to invest, whatever it is, that you're not really supposed to give a lot of pushback to it. Like go do your thing, go get a SAG job. If you need to get a SAG job, go do your IATSE job. If you want to do like, there are other opportunities, but you know, we're making a hometown movie and we need you to, you know, pitch in and, you know, not question the script, not question the, you know, financial structure of, of the deal, not question the locations, and, and how it's all being put together, not question, is the film bonded? Is it safe? Not question, is it going to make money? Just come and help out. We're all in this together. And there's a piece of that, that I genuinely, genuinely understand. And even I have said on panels, festivals here on this podcast, there is a time to, to even work for free. Now I'm not talking about working for free here, but there's even a time to work for free to, to, to get your name out there and start working with uh, a crew. So you, so you don't end up being someone's mercenary or whatever. But I think also when it gets to a place where you don't feel secure in your place in the community, if you say no, it's, it goes too far. And if I'm an actor, you know, I should be able to look at a character and say, grateful for the opportunity. Thank you. But I just don't think this is right for me without having to have the fear in the back of your head that, Oh, this is a small community and you know, I'm going to get sort of cast off and, and out of these friend groups or out of this circle uh, because I'm viewed as somebody who's actually trying to have a great career <laughs> that actually is yeah. trying to curate their career and the work they do versus just saying yes to everything that comes to you. Like a lot of 
uh, indie, indie creators, indie actors, indie filmmakers do where like, it's always a yes. Um, because, because, you know, it's a project that's happening in town with people, you know, that are your friends that you've had beers with. So it's just, you don't want to be kicked off the Island, but you also want to be cognizant of the jobs you're taking. It's a really tough spot to be in, frankly. It is. It is. And I think like you mentioned, it's, it's a spot that you shouldn't have to be in, right? No filmmaker should be putting you in that position. People shouldn't be talking behind your back, right? If you didn't select that, you know, to take yeah. that part or whatever the case is, you know, be a part of their project. It's just, that's messed up. And I think that, you know, as I mentioned before, uh, culture check is an opportunity for us to check in on culture, but it's also mm-hmm. an opportunity for us to check people, right? On their yeah. behaviors, right? That's checking our community and saying, Hey, are you acting like this? Like, are you one of these people that's actually hurting your own community by talking about people just because they didn't pick you, right? Doesn't mean they don't like you or doesn't mean that they're, you know, not indie enough or whatever the case is. You have to remember that, you know, people are looking out for their careers as well. And, you know, as you and I always talk about from a branding and marketing perspective, they're out for their brand, right? So a certain character that you've asked them to play may not be on brand for them. Right. Right. That just might not be the type of thing that they're doing. So you got to be respectful of that and, and don't, you know, don't dog people for not being a part of your project. You should be celebrating the fact that they know who they are and what they want. And maybe another time the part that you have for them will work out. Yeah. Like it's all good. Like you said, it's a small community. If people keep making stuff at some point, your paths will cross again. It's okay. And it comes back to what I said at the beginning, like there's abundance and, you know, we can all do something and, and make it, you know, with what's currently out there. And the reason I bring that up is because there's this insidious little tone and this insidious little purpose behind you know, a reason behind all this, which is if I, if, if I can get you to, to do the indie walk with me and then the films do well, then I will be the one that's higher up on the rung and the ladder and moving forward faster. And so there's a, there's a weird hierarchy and power structure at play where it's like certain investors get pushed out of certain projects. Hmm. Interesting. Certain actors or producers get sort of shamed into being part of a project they don't think is very good. But at the end of the day, the people who made the filmmaker, the writer ends up getting to say, Hey, I made this movie in town. I'm the one driving, you know, indie film in this community. And they end up a rung more powerful and you get the sense that, that, that that's part of it too. And, and there's this sort of warrior mentality, which can, which look, you need that to succeed. If you have a big dream, I get it. But the downside of that mentality is like, you're either with me or against me. 
You're yeah, riding and that doesn't work. That doesn't work, or you're not. Yeah, and that doesn't work in the indie community, because you know, again, like you mentioned, it's a small community, right? So as soon as there's that sentiment, right? So if I'm an actor and I feel like that's how you feel about me, I've got my little side of the community. You've got your little side, and you now we're fragmented. We're broken. Right? We're yeah. too small. I'm gonna go talk to all my people about how you treated me, or at least that my perception of you. So again, it just does a disservice, you know, all around because we're too small to be hating on each other for really, for any reason. Right. It's like, yeah. And even it's, a and, film that, and it's subtle. Yeah. But even a film that is, say you didn't like, you know, just, just to kind of turn it a little bit to just indie community in general and say, Hey, there's a film that these guys made that, you know, maybe I didn't you know think it was the best. Right. Like it just wasn't up to my standard. Right. Yeah. You, you don't need to say that out loud. Right. Yeah. You might be able to, you know, the idea, I think, in the smaller community, and this is something that I would say that, you know, you've taught me even more is that, you know, if you look hard enough, you, if you look at it, I mean, you're going to see some beauty in it. Yeah. Right. And it's like, focus on that, especially first, right. To say, hey, do more of that. Like, that was good. That aspect of it was great. Yeah. Were there some foibles here and there? Were there some lighting issues? Maybe there's some sound. Maybe the acting wasn't up to par. But you know what? You guys did a really great job at this thing. Right. And I think if you lead with that, you know, that conversation in the in the community, right, you're always leading with that positive. Then I think it just brings everybody up and it opens the door for the conversation about what didn't work. Right. And then it's less about critiquing people and it's just offering advice. So that's just another you know, piece of this well, small community feel that we've got here. Exactly. And, and point taken. And it's crazy because. If everybody says yes whether through shame or not and you get on set and you have a great time and you have fun. It was all worth it. What was the big problem? What, you know, what's the big deal? <laughs> but at the same time, we have to keep the same energy, the other direction and say, I'm looking for, as a creative, I'm looking for a new challenge. I'm looking for, I'm looking to do something that stretches my ability to the point in which I don't know if I can actually do it. Like one of the things you taught me is how to work out in a way in which you're not sure you're going to get through your workout. And if you, (laughs) and if you think you can get through it when you walk in, then obviously you left something on the table. Like if you're certain you're going to get through it, like you should leave a little broken and that's daunting to people. It's hard, but I think creatives, actually feel that way. They want to go in and try to be broken. They want to try to go in and push the limits of their talent. And a lot of times, frankly, like an indie project either is too far to the left, three degrees to the left, or it plays the script plays it safe or the project plays it safe. And the characters are the same character over and over. Like I know, I know a handful of actors in this indie community in Nashville that seem to somehow be playing the same character over and over and over again. It's like, like I know deep down they want to stretch. I know deep down they want a better part. I know deep down they want a a better script. I know deep down they want to do something different. So, you know, why is this happening? And then there's just the straight like power play stuff, like in weird stuff. Like I uh, was having dinner with a filmmaker uh, a month ago and they were telling me that this person they've met three times. Every time they meet, 
he that person reintroduces himself to to them <laughs> as if they've never met. Right, right, right. But it's a but it's all but this person's convinced that it's all power play. Like, like they feel like okay, you you're basically filibustering in a way. Like <laughs> you don't want to read my projects, you don't want to hear about my projects, so you pretend not to know me. Uh, I see. <laughs> and that's crazy. So, so it's not like it's it's not like I'm in your face. It's right, not like right. it's not like <laughs> you get into a fight on the street when we were kids or whatever. This is like high level chess mind games going on. This is Ouija board shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like and like I think this is jacked think, up. That's I all I got to say. That's, that's stuff that you have to put it into it. as well. Right. Yeah. I, I, yeah. It, it's messed up. Uh, that's one of those things like, I'm so good. I don't even have to spend time remembering who you are. That's messed yeah. up. But yeah, the, the community is so small. I think to, to kind of wrap it all up, though, it, the, the community is small and it doesn't do any of us a service to badmouth other people uh, when they've made a decision for their own career. Right. That's what it comes back to. The person needs to make a decision. And we've had filmmakers tell us before that, especially actors, you know, they're looking for the part that's going to get them another part. Right. I'm looking for the role that's going to get me another role. Right. So they're looking at growth, just like you mentioned. So if the part that you're asking them to play, you're asking them because you know that they can play it. That might not be what they want. They don't want safe Right. They want the thing that is going to take them to the next level. So don't take offense. You know, just understand that they're doing what's best for them. Yeah, man. Spot spot on. And before we get out of here, I want to just like thank a few people. Um, I want to thank all the folks in the newsletter that that um, have written me so many nice email uh, and, and feedback on, uh, the sort of editorial, I guess I put in the front of the newsletter. I, I typically don't do that. We don't do that in a newsletter, especially in the intro where we try to keep it pretty short. This was actually very long, but this covenant shooting and the, you know, the, the debate around what we should do next, uh, obviously hit close to home for me. And I had, I really hadn't heard anyone giving any solutions that started organically and permissionlessly, I should say. So all the solutions I'm hearing on, on TV news and in between people has to do with making one group do something or making another group do something. And so there are these opposing forces pushing against each other hard, you know, and, I'm not sure what you get from that except for gridlock. Right. And I think in that process, you know, we forget in the process of fighting another side, we forget that we have a third option and you don't need to look any further than like probably your grandma, your, your grandma, your grandpa, by the way, if you have one out there, you know, they figured it out. What did they figure out? They figured out that, they don't have to worry about high prices for vegetables. They'll just grow it. They forget, you know, like they, they haven't forgotten the basics, the, the sovereignty, the foundational indigenous stuff, the stuff like I can put my hands in the soil and grow my food. 
I still have that ability. They, they haven't taken that right away from me. So you cannot trap me with high prices at the grocery store, for example. And I think the same thing is true with what I was talking about in this last newsletter, which you guys can subscribe to at bontai.film forward slash subscribe is like, look, there are things we can do as long as we're willing to do what it says on Nick's shirt right now, unity. And if we can unify and put the unity back in community, yes, again, I know it sounds corny, but if we can do that, then we don't need the permission of the government or some policy or some law to make the, the world better place for us. We can make it a better place. So uh, I was really nervous, really scared to say that and to, and to put that out there like that, especially on a platform that I, I'm not the only person that works on this thing, you know? So I'm by proxy putting everybody else out there and the feedback has been tremendous. And some of the words you guys said to me was exactly what I needed to hear just for uh, feeling good in a stressful day and, and, and just for my self-esteem. So kudos, I appreciate it. And, um, and thank you and, and keep, keep reading. We'll keep putting out incredible content and getting better and better and better. And speaking of incredible content and getting better and better and better, uh, you can follow that, that journey of ours at bonsai.film. So www.bonsai.film. You can also find us on social media. We're pretty much on every social media network that matters. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at underscore bonsai creative. You can search for me and Nick on Twitter just by typing in our names, Nick Bugs or Nicholas Bugs, Chris Barkley. You'll find us there. Uh, we're on TikTok and we are definitely on YouTube. Our YouTube channel is just looking great. So super proud of uh, the team for the way that the YouTube channel looks. Go there and enjoy and peruse and definitely do subscribe and tell a friend. And as I mentioned before, our newsletter is uh, at bonsai.film forward slash subscribe. Uh, it's free. No pressure. <laughs> it's free and it's wonderful. You know, it's wonderful. You know, we get we get a lot of good got a lot of good input that comes from the community that we feed back to our audience. Right. I think that's, that's right. the thing that it's really important to say is that, you know, yes, some of this comes directly from us, things that we're interested in, things that we find, but we get stuff from the community as well that we want to share back out there in the world. So, yeah, it's wonderful. We love doing it and, you know, we want more people to su subscribe. So if you're not, if you are subscribed, tell somebody else to subscribe, right? Yep. Let's again, build the community. We're, we're sharing. It's all about, you know, this tiny little community. It's actually really, really big. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. at the bottom of every <laughs> newsletter, there's a, uh, yeah, exactly. There's a little button at the bottom of every newsletter that says forward and you can click that and forward it to anybody you want. And, um, we're working on ways to figure out how to incentivize that through a forthcoming Patreon page. So keep a lookout for that. Keep your ear to the ground on our Patreon page. I know people have been asking me about that for years. And yes, we are finally doing and have done a Patreon page. And if you've been a true fan subscriber, awesome. We will likely ask you, call you directly and ask you to move over to Patreon uh, in the near future. So with that, Nick, do you have anything else? Well, I got the one thing before I do the other thing, you know, because okay. I got to do the other thing before we close this thing out. That's the thing a lot of times. It's like you said abundance so many times. I was like abundance, mm -hmm. abundance. We're just, it starts to sound weird. Um, 
But bun yeah, I dance. did want to mention yeah, exactly <laughs> a bun dance. Right? Yeah, a bun dance. <laughs> but I wanted to say that we still, you know, support women in film and television. And if you have the opportunity to go, you know, to bonsai.film, especially if you're going to the Make It podcast page at the bottom of that page, uh, we do have the link that you can donate to the Women in Film and Television 501c3 uh, organization. So any donations that you provide to them, uh, full tax deduction, and you continue to support uh, independent film uh, makers, creatives, you know, not just in even in the state of Tennessee, but, you know, ac- across the country who might be, you know, participating in any of the women in film and television programs. Uh, they're a great organization. And, you know, like I said, we still support them very much. So please go out there and, and donate to them. Uh, but with that, Chris, I'll go ahead and, and drop this on them. Cause you know, I, this is, I love doing it. It gets me excited. You know, this is part of, like you said, unity, right? Unity around (laughs) everything that we're doing with the podcast, the community, the newsletter. You know, you guys are going to hear or you're going to read this in the newsletter as well, because this is, you know, basically our principles that we're trying to uh, aspire to and live by, which is be better, be creative, be engaged. And thank you for listening. Nick, talk to you soon. Yes, sir. We'll do it again, man. This has been great as usual. As usual. Peace. Thanks, everybody. Yep. Take it easy. You've been listening to the Make It Podcast. To find more information about this week's topics, including links to relevant blog posts, projects, and indie creatives, please visit our website at www.banzai.film. If you haven't already, you can subscribe to our podcast on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts by searching for Make It Banzai Creative and the show will pop right up. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at underscore Bonsai Creative, and on Facebook and LinkedIn by searching for Make It Bonsai Creative. In addition, you can provide feedback to us via email at contact at bonsai.film. You now have the opportunity to support the production of this podcast. If you love Make It and are a true fan of what we're trying to accomplish in the indie film community, please visit www.bonsai.film forward slash donate. Donations start at only $5 monthly. And of course, if you're looking to take a big step toward your film's financial success, go to www.bonsai.film and click on services to explore a variety of branding and marketing packages and so much more. You have everything to gain. Until next time, be better, be creative, be engaged, and thank you for listening.